Alrighty, boys, welcome to the, is this the fourth? I think this is the fourth official episode. The fourth official episode of the Popcorn Podcast with Chase, Dan, and Danklin. It's your host, Danklin, coming in hot with our other two hosts, Dan and Chase. <laughs> you just said our name like three times. <laughs> I know, right? You, you just gotta repeat it for, uh, repetition creates memory, right? Yeah, I feel it. They all know our names now. <laughs> they better. They, they won't forget. <laughs> How you guys doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. I just lost by 38 on Madden, so. Oh, I saw. Yeah. I, I was looking after. I was like, Eric, why'd you have to do him like this, bro? <laughs> he was like, I was Dude, trying he, out new plays, man. He was he was running the entire game. In the last drive of the game, he just decides to start throwing bombs for our touchdowns. <laughs> yep, that's how Eric plays the game. He runs the clock out, and then he beats you. I'm not excited to play him two times this season. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, me and Chase are doing a... Uh, online madden franchise where it's me chase uh one of our old roommates q and a couple other guys all playing we're in the nfc east and the afc east we did a fantasy draft uh and we're trying to make the playoffs and win the super bowl and it's a fucking dogfight. we got like 10 user games uh and i lost my first week i won the second week chase you went one on one too right yes sir it's fun uh, it's just getting me prepared for fantasy football because that's literally all i've been doing all week I don't know about you guys, but all I've been doing this week is just been preparing for fantasy football. I've been working at my job. Yeah, I've had a job, <laughs> so that's pretty much what's been consuming my time. When you're unemployed and you have a bunch of free time on your hands, like straight up last night, guys, I spent like five hours doing mock drafts and just editing my draft boards and mock drafts and editing my draft boards. Today, I did like two hours of mock drafts and editing my draft boards. I was playing D&D earlier. You know what I was doing while playing D&D? Editing draft boards. I didn't even pay attention. It was only an hour-long session. I didn't pay attention once. And uh, just out of curiosity, how's the editing of the podcast coming along? Uh, taking a taking a bad seat. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and speaking of, this is coming from the guy who played in the last place game last year in fantasy, and now he's like a guru. So, hey, I didn't take it seriously because I was getting my ass whooped. I took it seriously yeah, at the end. Yeah, that's what they all say. I had Joe Mixon all season, and then I got Derrick Henry, who popped off at the end of last season. Uh, but it was rough. I won my basketball league, and I was like, the reason why I care so much is because I'm going to win my football league with the same guys from my basketball league. Uh, and you guys are just collateral damage, Chase. Chase and Dan, because you guys are both going to be in my same fantasy football league. Yeah, I played Dan week one. So. <laughs> Sorry, I'm teaching, I, haven't even, I'm, I haven't even looked at the thing. I'm teaching Dan how to play. Don't you guys worry about it. <laughs> I don't it. even know what I'm doing. You teach him after week one. <laughs> <laughs> I will teach him after I play him, so I don't have to worry about it. I'm, I'm going to turn I've already given, I've already given him the fact that I'm losing $20. Usually that's what happens. You know, it's it's a it's a fucking dogfight to get up. Uh, but anything else exciting from this past week for you guys? Because literally all I've done is f- fantasy football and Madden. Um, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> We took a little hiatus from the podcast. I went to Mexico. It was super fun. Netflix in Mexico has way fucking better films than Netflix in the US, guys. Way fucking better films. They've got the Lord of the Rings franchise. They've got Inception. They've got I mean, they used to have those movies on Netflix here. I know, and they just took them off, man. They've got fucking Hacksaw Ridge, the movie we were rating about last week. They've got that shit. They've got so many good fucking movies, man. I'm really bummed about it. Because when I came back, I didn't I didn't download any movies while in Mexico. I didn't think that far ahead. My sister's fiance did, but I didn't think that far ahead. And he was able to watch him back in the United States by downloading. Yep. Them? yep. 
Yep, he downloaded Inception. He downloaded a, c a couple other movies, but those are the ones that really stick with me because those are the ones I'm hype about. I'm like, fuck. But there's way more than the ones I'm saying. It's stacked. Like, I'm about to move to Mexico just to get that subscription. Like, oh, yeah. Have my house in Mexico, live in the US, man. Get back and forth. Mexican Netflix, but in the US. That's how you game the system, bro. <laughs> it sounds like a good reason to move to Netflix, move to Mexico. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but going into the news and views for the week. Marvel has made over $5 billion this year in the box office. If that's not a monopoly, I don't know what is. I mean, no, well, Disney. Disney is the monopoly. <laughs> yeah. They've got so much shit, man. It's it's crazy. And then when Disney Plus comes out in two months and everyone starts subscribing for seven bucks, I mean. And you know what's not fucked even up? Two months. It comes out in September, I thought. Oh, oh well, one month. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out soon. Disney Plus is straight up just things that used to be on Netflix plus a few original shows. So you're going to spend seven bucks a month for things that used to be on Netflix that got taken off. No, not necessarily. Shows. It's going to be every Disney movie ever. Like that's, that's how they're pitching it. We've never had. That's how they're pitching it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really shade. I don't like, I like Disney, but like, I don't know, man, I don't like mega corporations and that's kind of what Disney is. Cause like all, most of the Marvel movies on Netflix, most of the Star Wars at least were one. Point most on of the Netflix. Marvel movies are not on Netflix, Frankie. There's it's like the recent ones. Yeah. Movies, yeah, they've been on Netflix in the past. Like they've rotated it on and off. Yeah, but they're yeah. all going to be on there at once. That's never been a thing. Well, yeah, yeah. and all the Star nice. Wars and now Avatar because they own Avatar. You know what I miss? I miss the days when you didn't have to fucking have forty different subscription services to watch things that you used to just buy and own. I still got my fucking DVD box set of Friends, so I'm not going to be crying when Friends is taken off Netflix. I mean, you don't need to watch that anyways. I don't. I got my DVD <laughs> box set of Breaking Bad. I got it for fucking Christmas, like 2011. I, I got my DVD box set of Game of Thrones, and I watched that weekly. Perfect. You know, like, I miss the, the fucking age of DVD box sets, but now, and like, you don't even own anything with streaming sites, man. This is my little rant of the week. Like, you don't own anything on Netflix, man. It can just be taken away from you at any moment. Like, you're paying for nothing. We're going into the age of neo-feudalism. That's boys. why I still, I'm a Disney, yeah. Disney Club member, so I get DVDs. <laughs> but you pay for Spotify every month, Frank. Are you complaining about the music, too? Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. That goes hand in hand, bro. That's a, that's paying for a service that you don't own. Neo feudalism, bro. In the future, we're going to be in a world where we're fucking paying for services, and the fucking corporations own us, man. You heard it here first. Uh, going on to the actual news and views. Another thing from this week is the Hunt, a film that was pro it was produced by Universal, correct? Yes, it was. Yeah, and Blue was, Oh, it was canceled, and it looked kind of like The Purge. And it was canceled because of the uh, the topic. It's a satirical film about hunting humans. And I am personally a massive fan of satire. Satire sells. And just coming from a debate background, like satire is one of the most used persuasive uh, mechanisms. You know, like if you're trying to get someone to see something your way or sell them on a point, you use satire. That's one of the oldest tried and true points in the book and i think it's really topical and i wish universal would have fucking stuck course 
and stuck with the satire, but they're like, nah, it's, it's too much, too recent, which I can't blame. There's a middle. So are they never thing. coming out with it or is it? I think they're just taking a break. No, I think what it's going to be is like the interview. It's going to go straight to Netflix. But the interview released in theaters still, didn't it? No, no, no. Sony got hacked, and so Sony said, "Okay, screw it, we're going to cancel it." And then, like a few weeks later, it was released on Netflix instead. Really, I was gonna, I was gonna bring up the interview as an example. Them like sticking to their guns. It's a good thing you didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't stick to their guns. They said, "Hey, we don't want North Korea hacking us again." They should have stuck to their guns. I mean, when North Korea is hacking you, I think it's time to tap out. How we have we have a no negotiation. How does North Korea hack you when no one there can like have fun? Like no one has computers there, so I just I don't get how they get away with it. Yeah. Who's hacking? Yeah. <laughs> it's just Kim Jong Un and his bad thing doing it. It's it's the, the fireworks. It's the South <laughs> Korean prisoners who can actually use computers. Yeah, they got a big VPN network there. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Uh, but I wish they would have stuck to their guns because I love satire and I hadn't heard of the movie before it got canceled. Uh, and yeah, I, I guess the topic can definitely be a, a, a soft spot for some people. We're living in a society that fucking has PTSD from all these shootings, you know? But like, if you're trying to make a point, I think a satire is a way to do it. And I love the I love the idea of a satire about hunting people, you know. Yeah, but but it was about the rich hunting the poor, and I. That's I that was a the pretty hit. damn good. I think that's a pretty damn good satire. I think yeah, that's no. a fucking damn good satire is what that is. I remember back in high school writing a satirical essay. It was what was the name of it? It was based off of a, a modest proposal. If you guys have ever read that essay, which is about like. Uh, killing the starving in Ireland to solve the famine problem. Uh, and it was teaching us about satire. And I remember writing a satire about the genocide in Sudan. And I was saying the U.S. military should just fund everyone committing the genocide and just kill them all, get it over with, save some lives. Uh, and it got the point across because satire sells. I really like the idea of satire. I hope it comes out soon. Next little piece of news. Bella Thorne is creating a short film for Pornhub. You heard it right. Yeah. What do you guys think? You heard it right. <laughs> you heard yeah. it right. It sounds like I'm the only one on here that has seen the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It just looks so dumb, I guess. But people are going to eat it up because it's Bella Thorne and she's just this huge I don't know why people know, like her. No influencer. I, I have no idea. Why. I think she's a cool person. I don't think she, I think people hate her more than they like she her. She looks honestly. like she stinks. Like, act, like actually, that's like, so nice. rude. She like, has she more art like than hair than Frankie. <laughs> I know. She's like the character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The one that gets in Brad Pitt's yes. Like, she just is. smelly girl. The one who's <laughs> under <can>. 17. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that's her. I think this is the exact reason why I like Bella Thorne. is because so many people, like, hate her and talk shit on her. I feel bad for her. I'm just like, no, it's okay, Bella. It's okay. like killing it as like a, a big actress i think yeah. that one's cool uh what was the name of the film i His honestly couldn't tell you yeah what was it i could tell you the premise it's like okay. he and she or his and hers or something like that okay what's the premise uh the premise is at the beginning of the film 
at the beginning of the trailer of the film, if you guys want to go watch this, you can, but it's basically this girl searching up how to kill her boyfriend and get away with oh. it. And so it stars two porn stars and like, you just see them like, you know, <laughs> getting into And it's not a porno. It, it, oh, I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, the trailer's not going to show you that part. I mean, it's on Pornhub. It's on Pornhub. It stars two porn stars. So it's but a then, porno. I mean, that's, I feel like there's no. <laughs> but so it's like showing the girl, like showing her dominance and submissiveness. And um, at the end of the film, you like see her like grab a knife at the end of the trailer. And I, you don't know if she stabs her boyfriend, but it certainly looks like it because he kind of like falls to at the edge of the wall where he's leaning on. And then there's blood on the wall. Sounds like a so, porno with extra steps. Yes. <laughs> so like an over-budgeted porno. Yeah, but, so I'm not going to watch it, but Frankie, when, when you watch it, you, you let us know. <laughs> so here's the thing with Pornhub. I really like what they're doing with funding non-pornographic endeavors. This isn't the first time they've done something like this. A couple weeks ago, they funded a music video from, I think it's Isaiah Smith is his name. Uh, and it was, it was like an NSFW music video is why they funded it. And it's not like a porn or anything, but it's just a really stylistic music video that they premiered on Pornhub. And it's like, hey, Pornhub has music videos too. What I see this as is this is Pornhub saying, hey, Pornhub has non-adult films too, you know? So there's no nudity in this is what you're saying. I don't know if there is. There could be. I bet I you there will be. I don't think we're going to see like hardcore sex. I think no, we'll it's going to be like an HBO core. Cinemax, yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to see softcore porn at most. We're not going to see just a guy ramming a girl for 10 minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like that, though, wouldn't you? I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't really know. With the, with Depends the on what the guy and the girl looks like. Depends well, on the plot for me. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a, I'm the guy that watches porn for the plot. <laughs> uh but i think it could be cool but i'm not like unless it gets good reviews i'm not gonna watch it you know or if it's like on the pornhub front page like yeah, I'm not are you gonna, gonna give a, your score of how the cinema and the acting and everything was <laughs> yeah i gave it a 9.4 <laughs> that's how this turned into the adult movie podcast <laughs> that's a the whole different hours. you can yeah. tune into us after 11 <laughs> you gotta pay five ninety nine a month. Spend, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a name. The Pop Skin Podcast. I don't know. Something with <laughs> right, skin in it. Stop. We just stop. <laughs> uh, last little bit is a little viral video on YouTube this week. It had over a million views on Twitter. It was a video of a drone. Apparent. The story is the drone's falling to Earth, and a guy like swims out to catch it. Uh, but the focus is amazing, and it's one of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen. And that's the only reason we're talking about it in the podcast, because it straight up looked like a scene that Hitchcock would use. 100%. Like, it was like some of the, like, if that scene was in a movie, that'd be a beautiful shot. That would be like a point for cinematography right there, if that scene was in a movie. And it was just an unedited clip of a drone falling. And if it was like, fake and the drone was just descending at a slow even speed the entire time that's masterful filmmaking yeah i was filming and the drone died over the water that is the story but some people are saying it's fake and it was on purpose but if it's on purpose it's more impressive 
it's still impressive. I was more impressed by how fast he swam. Uh, yeah, I was more impressed by the guys catching it. Like that to me, I was like, wow, that is dedication to not letting that object die. <laughs> I was impressed by the 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 shot itself, and I think the the caption spoiling that he catches it kind of gets rid of the fun. You know, if you watch that video without the caption, then your suspense is racing. You know, then it's a fucking thirty second short film with no dialogue. It's impressive. I think they should study that scene in filmmaking classes. But that's just dang. Oh my god! <laughs> I might, it might have been impressive. me, but my video was low quality. <laughs> it was a beautiful shot. Uh, Chase, you want to take a swing in the views for the week? Let's do it. All right. So going into this, not a lot of trailers came out this past week, especially with their hiatus. But one of them that just actually came out today was Last Christmas, which is uh, starring. Yeah, that's what the best part about it is. It's featuring what's his name from Wham. Like, uh, yeah, it. So you know what it kind of looks like at the end of the. Tr- it didn't look like a musical at first, but like it looks like it's in the same vein of the uh, fucking. Because you know how there's a bunch of musical movies coming out, like not actual musicals, but they're inspired by the music of blah blah blah. Like, there's the Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. one coming out. There's the Beatles one that came out. Uh, even like Rock, Rocket Man's an actual musical, but like all these movies are coming out inspired by these certain artists' music. This one, I think, is going to be inspired by uh, what's the guy from Wham? What's his name? George. I, I was just yeah, George Michael. There you go. Yeah, like I think this one's going to be inspired by just George Michael music. It's well, not it, just going to be Last Christmas. No, it's not because if you saw it at the end of the trailer, you're right. It does say inspired by George Michael. Like it actually has his name at the end of the trailer. Like that's awesome. So I, I'm, you know, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what we get to see out of Clark's career post Game of Thrones, and it seems like a good role for her sense of humor. Am I the so, only one that noticed that the Asian mom and son from uh, Crazy Rich Asians are in it? Yeah, yeah. I've never seen duo. Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, great film, dude! You gotta watch it. I've heard it's good. I was uh, like, dang, they're just like sticking together. Mm-hmm. The trailer looks good. I'm happy for Emilio Clark. Uh, there's a lot of talk on Twitter about the twist coming at the end. And I, if there is a twist, I think it's by the fact that this is a George Michael movie. So like, if you listen to the lyrics, literally last Christmas, I gave you my heart. You know what okay. I think is going to happen? It's going to give it away the very next day. Uh, oh, <laughs> I didn't think about that part. <laughs> That's the next lyric in the song, bro. <laughs> the very next day you gave it. I'm gonna stop singing. Uh, but in the trailer, you see like Amelia Clark. She like gets into like a life-threatening injury, and people are talking about, oh, what if she has a heart transplant, and the guy that's talking to her is the ghost or an angel of the guy who gave her his heart last Christmas? And I'm like, damn. I thought she was telling him about what happened. She was, but what if he's not real? Because he always just pops up. Because they show that in the trailer, he just. Pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, it could be a figment people, of our imagination. People think he's an angel that gave his heart away. Oh, what I... Th- yeah. I don't know. I feel like the trailer gave up like the entire story. It did. I, it did, yeah. It 100% did. It gave away too much. How do you guys feel about that, though? Do you guys like mind? Are you guys more excited? It makes or- me less interested, to be honest. Well, what I'm... It's going to be a rom-com on the holiday, so people are going to eat it up regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typically, that makes me less interested. With Last Christmas, I think it's making me more interested. 
I don't think I'd be very interested in this movie unless I was theorizing how it's going to end. You know? And maybe like this movie has no room for theories, but I'm theorizing. <laughs> I, know, it's I feel like Mark. just because Amelia's in it, you're getting inspired to theorize. I know, right? Some Game of Thrones yeah. fucking flashback. Uh, you want to go into the next? Uh-huh. I was gonna say just one more thing. Maybe that guy, the angel, stabs her at the end too. So oh. you know what I was thinking? What if he's like a serial killer stalking her, and that's <laughs> why he always pops up out of nowhere? It's Jesus. like an M Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> Last yeah. Christmas, I took your heart. Yeah, I took your heart. I took your heart. <laughs> All right, George Michael <laughs> sold it in the black market, gave it away. We're on to something, guys. Hey, we can make our own Last Christmas instead. <laughs> we should just start writing horror films. <laughs> I could see that being a horror film, Last Christmas. Bro, I could totally write a horror film off my fucking demented dreams. I have such vivid dreams. We don't need to get into that. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't. Next <laughs> we <up>. don't. <laughs> I a, if I become the fucking next Hitchcock, you know why? All right. <laughs> so next one is uh, came out like a week ago. The trailer for maybe the beginning this week. I can't remember. Yeah, it was anymore. this week. Uh, but the morning show, it's going to be Apple's first TV show on their new streaming platform starring Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell. Another so fucking I, thing I have to pay for. I know. Exactly. And my one question is, is this like an actual morning show or is this like a TV show? This is a, a, it's a TV drama. Okay. So it's going to be like the newsroom kind of on HBO. So is it going to yes. be oh, Yeah, it's a drama, bro. <laughs> so they're going to be playing characters. They're not themselves talking no. about the news yeah no. i thought it was gonna be like uh the daily show or whatever on uh that's ABC what i thought it was morning. gonna be i thought it was yeah. gonna be like them actually talking about real life no news. it's a, you guys didn't hear yeah it's a drama they said that during the announcement it's a drama that's why the trailer is like really ominous if you guys rewatch it it's like super ominous yeah it's a it's a drama that'd be a star-studded okay. morning show cast though. i was gonna say what do they I wanted to know if it was. I was like, what are their credentials? Like, are they journalists now? No, like, are they? You, you know how Steve Carell was talking about? I think Steve Carell is the journalist. And I think Reese Witherspoon and uh, Jennifer Aniston are the... Are like uh, the hot ladies that are always in the morning show. Yeah, they're the anchors. Yeah. They're like yeah, the Kathy Lee Gifford. The, the weather woman. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you hear in the trailer, there's Steve Carell talks about being a journalist and his work being compromised. And it's like super intense the stuff they're kind of saying in the background it makes me really yeah, excited i just didn't know if that was like real what they were saying yeah. about themselves no no not at all it's it's a drama it's them kind of introducing okay the that's um that's still pretty interesting i think it's super interesting i was definitely more excited for the idea of them like doing a morning <laughs> show i was like really into that idea for some reason i was like man that'll be cool <laughs> apple has its own morning show yeah i would tune in every morning <laughs> That's how they're going to get it's like you, the bro. new Good Morning America. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the show and what the plot's going to be about and like how fucked up because it, it's it, it looks like it's going to be like a pretty dark drama from like So this I is probably going to be pretty satirical in the same way too. I think it's going to I I don't know if it's going to be a satirical take or if it's going to be an honest take about the difficulty of journalism in today. I think it's going to go one of those two routes. I don't necessarily think it's going to go satirical. But I think it's going to feature a lot of parallels to what's happening today. I definitely think that'll happen. In a way, that's kind of satire. Yeah. Uh, I think because they could go with like how Fox and Friends go, where it's essentially a, a propaganda channel 
for like that show specifically is like propaganda for the the u.s government they could like fight against that or they could like just show like a, a typical morning show i don't know what they're gonna do and how they're gonna show the news angle oh well let's we'll, we'll find out yeah I'm just, uh, I don't want to pay for another platform, like Dan said, so it just sounds like... We're all like, just uh, going to have to split these together. <laughs> I told yeah, you guys, we're entering the age of Neo Feud. Yeah. These fucking companies are going to own us. <laughs> I'll get October if you guys get November and December. Yeah. <laughs> Chase has I was, October, I have November, Frankie has December. <laughs> I was talking about fucking splitting Sunday ticket, and those motherfuckers don't let you stream on more than one platform. No, they don't. <laughs> like, Direct TV is a bunch of fuckheads. Yeah, dude, it's a freaking cable company. What do you expect? Fuck DirecTV. I hope yeah. you heard me, guys. Wait, you heard it here first. Fuck DirecTV. <laughs> Fuck DirecTV, man. I'm going to keep <laughs> right. going to Reddit for my games. Let's uh, let's get into the next trailer that came out. I actually don't know anything about this, so I'll let one of you guys say, say it. Uh, I think you probably know more about this than I do, Frankie. I yeah. just watched the trailer, but... So there's a new movie coming from Bloomhouse, who is they make they produce most of the horror filmings coming like the good horror movies coming out today. Uh, and the producer get out specifically, it's called Don't Let Go, and it's featuring Storm Reed and a couple of other actors. Uh, and it's it looks really interesting. It comes out very soon. I haven't heard much about it, and I honestly wouldn't really care for it if it didn't have storm reed and for those of you that don't know storm reed plays uh rue's little sister in euphoria and it's about a murder and what i think is almost like a groundhog day premise where it have you guys seen the new twilight zone season series not the entire thing but i have seen some episodes did you watch the episode i think it was called rewind where it's about the mom with the the handheld film camera no. recording. So that episode, I'll give a little spoiler on the episode. It's about a mom who's filming her son going off to college. And when she leaves this diner, like she's filming, uh, and she, her son spills something on him, like ketchup and she rewinds it and it rewinds time. And then she keeps rewinding time because a lot of bad stuff starts happening. I think this is going to be a similar present. Like, uh, what's it's called fucking premise because in the trailer it just seems like someone gets killed and now it goes back in time and it's all about that guy trying to prevent the murder from happening and it looks fucking creepy and like you know when it's produced by Bloomhouse, like i'm gonna have some higher expectations than i would for any just run-of-the-mill horror movie you know it looks more suspense than anything and that's why i'm excited for it yeah, it looks really good. I like the trailer. It looked good. People are saying it looks like the film uh, Frequency, which I haven't seen. I have not either. I have, yeah. don't know that one. It's a, two, it's a 2000 uh, science fiction film uh, with uh, Kevin Costner and... Or not Kevin Costner. I'm fucking stupid. Dennis Quaid. They look the same. Uh Bro, do not say that. Not really. Do not just Kevin Costner like that. (laughs) Young Kevin Costner looks similar to young... uh, I think Kiefer Sutherland and Kevin Costner look the same. I would agree with you. Alright, it it was just like a glance of the... (laughs) It was a glance of the eyes. You're you're backtracking. (laughs) I am backtracking. 
but it's it's a Groundhog Day premise. It's a butter, butterfly effect. A butterfly effect. I probably won't spend my money, but I probably will see it if it gets put on a fucking streaming service that owns me. Yeah, your, your neo nepotism or whatever you just <laughs> neo feudalism. <laughs> I didn't learn that in political science. Uh, yeah, I didn't come up with it, but I, I don't think they teach it in political science. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't want you to know. <laughs> exactly. Got my tinfoil hat on. We gotta start a conspiracy podcast then. Oh fuck no, we're not doing that. You want to get into the uh, last little bit of views, Chase? Uh, yeah. So the next trailer came out. I think it's the second trailer so far for the Adams Family, and it's featuring Snoop Dogg. I was so surprised. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the big (laughs) news that came from it. Like, I was so surprised when Snoop Dogg was in the trailer, man. It's like the last little five seconds. And it's playing Drop It Like It's Hot. Like Snoop Dogg rolls up in the car playing his song. And then he's Cousin It. So it's not like actually – I think it's Snoop Dogg's voice just super distorted. But he's listening to Snoop Dogg music. And Snoop Dogg's okay. promoting it. So like it's, – it's It has a stellar cast if you guys haven't seen who's in it. Charlize yeah. Theron, right? It's got Charlize Theron. It's got Oscar Isaac. It has uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. It has Finn Wolfhard, Nick Kroll. And oh my god, and, that's an amazing sorry. cast. And Wolfhard, that name well. sounds familiar. That is uh, Mike from, from yep. uh, Stranger Things. Oh. They're all such good voice actors, too. Fuck. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a good, that's a good cast. Of course Nick Kroll's in it. I oh, think I Nick, Nick Kroll, Kroll is one of the funniest voice actors there is right now. He does it, does it well in... Whatever that show is called. Big Mouth? <laughs> Big Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that show is called. That one show on that one fucking streaming platform that owns me. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Give it like 20 years, bro. We're going to be slaves for Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Netflix is going to be the, like, the fucking next like Apple. They're going to be having phones. and you, you don't pay $6 a month for a subscription. You have to sell a little bit of a month for a subscription fee. <laughs> hey, go work the corner for 30 minutes. That's your subscription fee. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna be Netflix. I'll just let someone else do that, and then I'll use their subscription. Yeah, yeah like you, totally Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I worked the corner this month. You worked the yeah. month. You worked the corner. <laughs> well, fuck. There, there's not too much news and views for the week, but and it's been like two weeks too. So there ha- it's been kind of quiet, which is yeah. nice. Because it was yeah. a lot going on for a little while. There. there was a lot going on. It was hard to keep up with it all. It's it's nice. So you expect that this time of year, and then it'll ramp up for Oscar season at the end. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who listened in last week, our new movie review for the week is Hobbs and Shaw, presented by The Fast and the Furious. But going off of that, our throwback movie we decided was going to be the original, The Fast and the Furious. And we all watched it, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I live my I life actually a went to the mile fourth. at a time. I'm currently on the fourth one, so... <laughs> Dan, you want to take away this uh, segment since you've been watching it so much? <laughs> yeah, I'll go for it. So yeah, I, uh, the, I've i only seen The Fast and the Furious, the first one, probably once in my life. And it was definitely when I was way younger. Don't really remember any of it. So it was honestly kind of like a new movie for me, which was awesome. I just remember it being good. I just remember that, like... I just remember like the part where they are all in the street races with the cars lined up against the road, making like a road for them. Yeah. I remember that in the climax where it's them with the truck at the end of the movie. See, I didn't really remember that, but basically most of this was like a new movie for me. So it was kind of cool. I really liked how 
fast pace it was. I don't feel like it really took a long time for it to like build up. Like I, I feel like it was kind of like obvious that Paul Walker's character was somebody special. So finding out that he was a cop was kind of like a cool thing because it was like, oh yeah, I kind of knew that because I didn't really remember that he was a cop. What? Like, I, I did not remember oh, that. That's that's like, I didn't remember the movies at all, honestly. Like I that's like the thing I remembered most. Like Paul Walker's a cop. All I've really seen, I think, is Furious Seven, and that was mainly because of the Paul Walker tribute. Like uh... I didn't even remember he was a cop. So when I found out he was a cop, I was like, oh shit, like so for me it was just i was watching the entire movie i didn't i remembered he was a cop i didn't remember how it was revealed so i was like all right when's it gonna come out how's it gonna come out because like i don't remember this i definitely kind of felt like you know spoiler for the people that haven't seen this movie you have 20 years years there's no spoiler yeah uh, Yeah. at the end it kind of was unspoken what happens you know i feel like for the people out there that didn't realize this was going to be a sequel like they don't really tell you what happens. He kind of gives him the keys. He drives off, and, the, and then you're kind of just like, okay, so is he ever, ever going to talk to Mia again? Is he ever going to see Vin Diesel again? Is he going to jail? Like, you really don't know what that like is going to happen at the end. He just walks off into the distance, and that's it. And then there's like yeah. the end credit scene, but it doesn't really have anything to do with <laughs> that previous scene. So I was definitely intrigued to start the next one, only to find out that the next one had nothing to do with <laughs> the first one. And I was like, oh, what the hell? They're not even in this. So. But yeah, I've definitely been into them. Uh, it's kind of fun to go back. And it's I've been playing GTA a, a lot recently. So every time I watch one, it just <laughs> makes me want to get on GTA af- afterwards, make a super dope car, and just drive around and do heists. I've made a couple G- uh, Fast and Furious cars since I started <laughs> yeah. watching those movies. You know what's funny is the end credits mean scene really only gives closure. You know, It doesn't really add on. It's just like, oh, he went to Mexico. Yeah, and I had no idea there was an end credits scene. Like This is yeah. way before Marvel was doing that shit. Yeah, 2001. 2001. What you were saying, Dan, was so cool is, you know, like, you don't really know what happens at the end of the movie. And you, if you watch these, like, each year when they came out like I did, you had to wait eight years to see Vin Diesel and Paul Walker on the same screen again. Yeah, because they don't even come back until the fourth one. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) They did a great job naming these. (laughs) I think the first one I saw after Too Fast, Too Furious was Fast Five. I think I skipped out on Fast and Furious entirely. Uh, well, Fast Five is the best one. Uh, yeah, I watched Fast Five. Uh, See, Furious I'm excited six. to get to that. Oh, bro. If you're watching four right now, it's, it leads up to the best movie ever. <laughs> I, I remember we saw Furious 7 when yeah, we saw uh, did like the three movies that day or two movies that day. Yeah. yeah, two two polar opposite movies. We watched Cinderella, and then we snuck into Furious Seven. Yeah, thank God we snuck into Furious Seven. Holy shit, Cinderella is not a good movie to watch before. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. Furious Seven was pretty good. <laughs> you know, when I think of Cinderella, I don't think of the time we watched it together. I think of the time I watched it in discount movie theater with a date, and it wasn't. Uh, can't talk about it on the podcast. What happened? We can only assume. We can only assume. Oh. Use your imagination. He went Frankie home crying. All the popcorn to himself. I did not go <laughs> home crying. I'll tell you that. She went home crying. Nope, that didn't happen either. She left early because we ate all the popcorn. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I knew it. All right. But I would honestly give the first one that the the thing that I thought was really cool about it was it came out in two thousand one, and despite the camera graphic. It doesn't look that bad with like the effects. Like uh, the camera itself looked old, but I didn't think that when they were racing, it looked like 
Bro, I'm how high were you? I mean, <laughs> why, why do you feel the need to attack? It's not attacking. It's a question. I was watching it today, man, and like I loved it, but I gotta disagree with you hard there. Like the scenes where they're racing and they're doing the NOS, and like it's just like fast forwarding what's going on. Was, like, so <laughs> you know I was really high because those parts were so fucking awesome. Because when you would press the NOS and you would zoom in, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like if you watch it sober, man, the camera's shaking and just look at its fast forward. It almost looks like fucking toy cars. And the like, one stop part motion. that I thought was hilarious was when Paul Walker is saving the brother, who I thought for sure was going to lose his arm. But when he's oh. saving the brother on the edge of the truck, it's you can see his face. It's clearly not paul walker it's a stunt devil and like the whole time i was watching and i was like this is you can see it's not paul walker it's like this chiseled man <laughs> i was like they are not even trying to hide the fact that it's not paul walker it's funny man i'm not gonna knock it too much because it's 2000s and they did good yes. with the effects that they yeah. could but like the nos when they like do the zoom in on the engine it's like a cartoon but and that's like, what i'm saying is like for 2001 it didn't look as bad as you would think 2001 movies look Definitely. Uh, you know, when I picture a 2001 movie, I kind of picture it like that. It's not a bad thing. I don't think 2001 movies look terrible, but it was. It had a it had a budget of 35 million, and you can't <laughs> compare it to to other movies that came out that same year, like Lord of the Rings, that had like a 200 million dollar budget, or like Matrix two years before, or, man. Exactly. Like those movies had fat budgets. So this this was the first movie in the series. I didn't even know if it was even going to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and they produced it like it wasn't going to go anywhere. And the actress who plays Mia is so fucking beautiful. Oh, Joanna Stevenson, I think her Jordana name. Brewster, I Jordana thought. Brewster, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that... Oh, yes. She's Fun fact, she also plays Nicole Brown Simpson's sister in The People vs. OJ. Really? Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. Apparently, Fast and Furious 9 is going to bring her back. Yeah, it's bringing really? the whole cast. Is she back. not in like the most recent ones? No, no, no. Well, she was not in the eighth. She wasn't in Fate of the Furious or obviously Hobbs and Shaw, but she was in Furious Seven. She was. Yeah, bro. I was gonna say I could have swore she was in Furious Seven because she's the one that was with Paul Walker. You see, the yeah, entire time I was like, when does she die? Because and like, like and she's on the beach with him at the end, playing with the daughter. Yeah, with the kid, yeah. So she oh, was in it. She just wasn't in the last one because Paul Walker. You know, his character arc is gone. From Was him. she, like, really with him or no? No. That, re- that They did a lot of... Like, those scenes at the end, they, they shot using old footage. No, no, no. And I'm, they saying, kind of, I'm saying, like, was she really with him in, like, real life? Uh, I, I, believe, no, I believe he is married, actually. Uh, yeah. Married. I don't... Yeah, I, her, no, actually, I looked this up, form. actually. He was with a girlfriend. He had a girlfriend when he died. And in his will, he left his entire will to his daughter. It was like twenty-five million, plus like his properties and everything. He left it all to his daughter. That's and awesome. The girlfriend and the parents kind of got like upset. Fuck him, man. It's well, his you're daughter. Not, you're not legally tied. Yeah, that's your kid. Like you should give it. Yeah, to your I kid. know. It's like the daughter just lost her father. Like she should get everything. Yeah. And rest, rest in peace, Paul Walker. He passed away in 20, 2014 or twenty fifteen. Thirteen, buddy. Thirteen. He doing exactly what he does in the movie. Yeah, November thirtieth, twenty thirteen. The movie came out twenty fifteen. Wow. I didn't yeah. So that. they well, he filmed like the first half, and then they yeah. used his brother for the rest of it and CGI'd his head onto his brother's body. 
So he passed away shortly after Furious 6 came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Furious 6 came out that summer, so he passed away about five months later. Damn, fucking rest in peace, Paul Walker, man. And he was speed racing to or from a charity event. Yeah, I, I know. He was from. We don't really know the details. Yeah. It's, it's sad, man, to think about. Like, yeah. watching the movie, I'm just like, fuck. I, I know. Right after the, the, the first one, just out of, like, curiosity, I started doing the research, you know? And I yeah. found pictures of the funeral. And there's some sad ones of, like, Vin Diesel, Tyrese Gibson, and all of them, like, carrying his coffin. Like down the steps, and it's like, Fuck, that's man, this is making so me tight. like really yeah, sad dude, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't talk about Fast and the Furious without talking about Paul, you know? We gotta talk man. about Paul Walker and his life. He was a fucking great dude on and off the screen. Rest in fucking peace, Paul Walker. Yes, sir. So, what do you rate it, Dan? I would probably give it, you know, thinking through like the acting, I thought was probably one of the best parts of the movie. I thought they were all pretty good actors in it. And I like believe their character. Vin Diesel's always kind of been a hit or miss actor for me. Like sometimes he sells it, sometimes he just seems like I love Vin Diesel. A wrestler reading lines. But I would probably give it like an eight point four. Woo. Yeah. I like that. Good rating. All right. Well, I I love the Fast and Furious movies, and this is my second favorite in the series, right behind Fast Five, which I mentioned earlier. And what we will, Frankie and I will get into in Hobbs and Shaw is I think the acting in Hobbs and Shaw sucked. And this movie, 18 years before, was like way better. Yeah, the acting's um, good in this movie. I think it, Hobbs it, and Shaw is intentionally shitty. Well, I no, I just so. think the actors in Hobbs <laughs> and Shaw are, are not good actors. Um, hot topic. Uh, anyways, I would give this movie an <laughs> 8.9. Like I, oh, 8. I love this movie. And it's, it's a I, classic. I, I, that's why I like it. And I, I, like I said earlier to you guys, I've seen this movie probably a couple dozen times in my life, so I know almost every line. I, I just enjoy it. <laughs> you know what and I the love? music brings back nostalgia, too. Oh, the music. Yeah. The soundtrack is so awesome. Like, right? It's, it's such I a forgot good to one. even say that. Like, in the first seven minutes of the movie, when he starts fighting, and it's, that music just pumps you up for the, mm-hmm. the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Such, it's such 90s and 2000s. <laughs> I loved it. You know my wardrobes? Yep. You know what my favorite thing about the Fast and the Furious was? Hmm. It's, it's, of course, it's the first one, but it's about fucking cars, man. That's my biggest mm-hmm. criticism of the okay. Fast and the Furious franchise to this date. It is yes, about sir. cars the entire way through. And like, if you want to watch a fucking movie that's going to make you get a speeding ticket, this is the one yes. to do it. I uh, want to add to that, Frankie, if I can. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to say that, but yeah, that's what I liked about the first probably five Fast and Furious movies is like they were all about cars and heists, and then like the last like four have all been about like saving the world. <laughs> yeah, like, go back to your roots, <laughs> man. It's like, they became like a Marvel. Yeah. Well, it's so stupid <laughs> they just because keep up in Miami. Well, it's so stupid because all of these people are like hardened criminals. Like they've been to jail. Like they've done tons of illegal stuff, and now they're saving the world. No, yeah, no, they're I illegal street to, racers. I want you to go back to robbing. And driving fast cars. Yep. I, I, I enjoyed the driving of the fast cars. I enjoyed every single time they flipped the fucking switch on the NOS, man. It was, it was fun to watch, man. And then, like, I really like the Paul Walker scenes because they're usually drag racing. But Paul Walker's a fucking cop. So he's, like, running from cops, you know. And, like, you have good driving scenes with Paul Walker just maneuvering in and out of traffic and, like, really cool shit. And, like, yeah, it can be cheesy with how they do the special effects for the NOS and stuff like that uh, and how the camera looks. But it, it's 
what's the word I'm trying to think of? It's iconic with how they do it. The the way they shoot this movie is very like it wouldn't be the same movie if it was like in a 2019 way. I I really enjoy the cars, uh, and the plot's good enough, and it's got good act. Like it's not like it's not doesn't have action. It's got action too, but it's about the cars. And uh, I also forgot that the friend dies. Yeah, uh, that was sad at the end. Jesse, yeah. Je- Jesse's death. He got I shot told- down. I totally thought Vince was gonna die. I thought that uh, what's it called? I thought that the the girl was gonna get shot. Mia. Yeah. I did too because I didn't remember her in Fast Seven, so I thought she was gonna die too. <laughs> I was like, "What's gonna die, bro?" I was just waiting for it. I wasn't getting Dude, too attached. You know what's the bad plot part about that is? So right after he gets shot and dies, and Paul and Vin go after them, mm-hmm. and then that dude on the motorcycle flies off the cliff, and then Vin checks to see like what happened. And the guy's like getting up. I thought Vin was like gonna go down there and like pop him in his head or something, but he just lets him live. When he just killed his friend, like I thought that was dumb. Yeah, like I feel like in real life you'd go for that guy. It's because they yeah, gotta make Finn the good guy. You know, well, he's not the good guy. Yeah, uh, he is, but not really. <laughs> he's he's the anti. Whereas Paul Walker's the cop, Vin's the anti-hero in this movie. They got a good foil to each other. I I love Vin Diesel and Paul Walker on screen together. Uh, but my final rating is probably gonna be like a solid eight point six. You know, it's a good movie. It's not ground. It, it's really good. It's really, really good, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's probably my second favorite in the franchise, honestly, before uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. That was my too favorite. Too Fast is kid. your favorite? As oh. a kid, hell yeah, it was. I'm going to watch oh, dude, it again. I love Too Fast. I would love oh, to do I that. I forgot Eva Mendes was in it, and when I uh. saw her, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's what makes the film, man. <laughs> She's fucking gorgeous. I love fucking Ludacris's music for the Part about. Too fast, too furious. Yeah, <laughs> baby. It's such one a thing that uh, I so this basically our ratio has made this a high B, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I thought was funny was I was watching a YouTube video the other day. I think I texted you guys this, but it was a an ad for Hobbs and Shaw, and they said from like Rolling Stone or somebody A minus rating, but it was like presented in a positive way. But in my own head, I was like. Why is the minus there? Like that doesn't look good. Because <laughs> like, it wasn't promoted in like a negative way. It was like a minus. Like that was a good thing. But I was like, the minus definitely makes that worse. <laughs> like to be fair, I would not give that movie an A. At all. No, I, I wouldn't give it. I wouldn't even. Yeah, give it probably a B wasn't or a C. Stone. It was probably like <laughs> Facebook Watch or something. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into that then, Frankie. Uh, you want to lead it, or you want me to take it away? Uh Buddy, who who do you think is going to have a longer review? Uh, I've got a lot to say about this. Chase has got a lot to say, but I always say a lot, so Chase can take it away. All right, let's just go right off the bat. Um, we're late, we're a week late, but you know, here we go. Anyways, Frankie, I like this movie at the beginning. I thought it started off well. I think the first hour of the film was really good. The story, the added characters, getting to know the villain, and really just the chemistry between The Rock and Statham. I thought it was like really well done. Yeah. Um, but literally, I can't even figure out when it started getting really sloppy, but like the acting just went from like a B to like an F instantly. <laughs> while the action went to like minimal to like an A. But like that's what you expect from I guess new Fast and Furious movies. But like it like fell off a cliff. I didn't like get the point of going to Sambawa. I didn't 
just the whole premise of Idris Elba and his powerful arm and things like that. Like it's like a freaking Marvel superhero in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I just, by the end of the film, I thought the movie was so dumb and just like the fact that they had to go to Samoa. I, I, I can't even get over it. It it made absolutely no sense to me. The rock and his family, like, uh, I don't even know. I wish they wouldn't have spoiled the Samoa thing in the trailer. Cause like, if you, if that genuinely happens, like, oh, like, this is some character development for The Rock, you know? Like, it, you can see it coming from a fucking 10 miles away. You mm-hmm. can see that coming from 10 miles away. Because at the beginning of the movie, he's like, oh, yeah, we don't talk to our family. I'm the only one that you need. And, like, look, we're going to Samoa. But, like, it's cheesy. I So I'm a little bit different. I like the cheesiness. I, I viewed this movie as I'm not watching Hobbs and Shaw. I'm watching The Rock and fucking Jason Statham playing The Rock and Jason Statham. Because that's mm-hmm. legitimately how they play these rules. They don't fucking act. They just play themselves. Like, yeah. The only one acting is Jason Statham's sister in the movie. Everyone else she is just playing themselves. Good, yes. 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 Everyone else is just playing themselves. And I'm like, you know what? I, I like it. Because, you know, I couldn't stop thinking about the entire time I'm watching the movie. Their contracts where they can't get beat up a certain amount of times or like look too weak in a scene and they have that like into their embedded in their movie contracts. Once I knew that every single scene, I was like, Oh yeah, because they don't lose a single fight. No, and if they, they do, do, they do as much damage as they take. They are, they never look like weak at all. They never look like bitches because it's literally in their contracts. Like the rock has his like sister help choreograph. Wait, it's in like, their contracts that they can't lose. They they either they don't lose or they do as much damage as they take. Yeah. Yep. What it's, kind of story so can you tell with a contract like that? It's it's not really it's about action, bro. It's an action movie. I guess, stars. yeah. And, if that's what you paid for, then I can see why you weren't upset by it. But like for me, I would have been so upset because I wouldn't have gone into it wanting to see The Rock and Jason Statham play themselves. I like that. Yeah. Well, see, no. <laughs> I wanted to see like a Fast and Furious movie. I wanted to see. Car see, I gave up on the Fast action. and Furious a long time and, ago. Well, I gave up once Paul Walker died because the last Fast yep. and Furious movie sucked, and then this one sucked even worse. Which I can't believe they did, but they did it. And I, I don't even know. <laughs> I definitely gave up on the Fast and the Furious, but I the way I viewed it is as they were embracing their new identity because there was hot girls. They have nitrous oxide. Like, I love that, like, so fucking cheesy. They have, like, five fucking cars, like, elephant walking with each other, trying to drag a helicopter, and they're like, turn on the NOS! And they all just keep on flipping on the NOS, man. I loved that. Like, it's so (laughs) cheesy, like, shittily cheesy. Like, I I just, I love that. You know, like, if you're, like, cheesy and, and, like, intentional about it, and, like, it's all about the action, like, that's a fun action movie. Mm -hmm. Like, not, like, fucking point blank, where I wanted to like fucking kill myself the entire movie because of how boring it is. You know, like you got to embrace it if you're going to do it like that. And like, you got to make the action good if you're going to do it like that. That's like in my head, like a stereotypical, like summer action movie. Oh yeah. That's when we talked about on the podcast way back, like episode two, we you talked about what are summer blockbusters uh-huh. like action blockbusters. This is in that category. And yeah. that's, this is, but this is, I guess I like what you say about that, but this is like a movie that I'd watch at home. It's like a turn your brain off movie and I'm going to like vacuum. <laughs> it is yeah. on in the background. 
Like, it's like is- all the rock movies, like San Andreas <laughs> or like. Oh, that- so I enjoyed this more than San Andreas and some of the. Because I don't like a lot of the rock movies. Like San Andreas is like a boring action movie. I think the last time I liked the rock was the game plan. It's <laughs> <laughs> like 15 years ago. Yeah. A lot of his movies, like like San Andreas and other films, boring. This one's not very boring. Like that's why I think that's why I enjoyed it. I think most of the rock's newest films are, you know, they're all action and no acting. So if oh. that's what you like, then that's you're going to enjoy it. Like if you like that, you go see Skyscraper, right? Go see I didn't like Skyscraper either. I didn't neither did see, I. But that's I one thing Baywatch. going back to Fast and the Furious. That's one thing that I appreciated was it wasn't just an action movie. Yes. There was yes. a story. There was always a plot. Mm-hmm. This is nothing like the original. The the original shits on this. Like, let me get that and, clear. I enjoyed it, but the original shits on it. And that's what I want to get into it is, I didn't really know this, but I guess, like, if you guys saw, like, Tyrese from Too Fast and Furious, and obviously... He was not happy about this rock. movie. He, was, he hates The Rock, and so does yeah. Vin Diesel, because they had a lot of tension in the previous film, but Tyrese was so happy to see the opening movie be below average, and, like... What he say? Excited. He um he posted on his Instagram. He's like, I told y'all, like this, like it was gonna fail and blah blah blah. Like just wait till Fast Nine Tyrese comes out next summer. Hater. And that's fine because, dude, this guy, like, I love The Rock, but like he came in to a series that wasn't his and took like his own movie out of it. Like that's not cool. Like <laughs> to the other people in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I so, can see that. And so people like Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez and Tyrese and Ludacris, they're not, they're not going to dig that because it's not his film. It's their films. And so. it's not just called like Hobbs and Shaw. It's literally called Fast and the Furious Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. But the, I guess the best part that did come out of this is like those two, like these two in this film will never be in the Fast series again. Like they have their oh, own really? spinoffs now. Yeah, because they, there's so much tension between these those groups of people that like it's done like this they're gonna wow. have their own little spinoff and then there's gonna be the original one with fast nine coming out next hopefully fast nine goes back to the roots of cars cars and racing and i think it will because vin diesel has like full control on what stuff happens and i think t- putting off that dead end on them i think that they can get back to where he wants it yeah because i think just having jason statham stay in the series he his villain ship is done and having the rock stay in the series it just forces the series to go in this macho man direction which mm-hmm. they have and i'm like totally fine with like a hyper masculine action movie but like fast and furious can be way better than that so i'm cool with it being a spin-off how did you feel about the last little plot point at the end of the movie where like they i thought that was really shitty where they just kill idris elba's character and he's like oh well this is the end for me like that's all you got <laughs> Come on, Come I, mean, on, bro. I, I know he was at the point where he was just like, dude, the entire thing sucked. Like, <laughs> buddy, I saw this opening night with my dad, who I'm like a huge Fast and Furious fan. Like, the first podcast we did, we I said this is like my top three movie series. Yep. My dad is a bigger one than me, which I can't believe, but he is. My dad fell asleep in the middle of this movie. That tells you <laughs> how bad he didn't like it. My little sister, who loves these films, fell asleep with my dad in the movie theater. The and middle of the movie. And when slow. children fall asleep, because like we are adults, it's easy for us to fall asleep. When kids fall asleep, like that's when it's a bad movie. She, she was hyped up on sugar and soda and popcorn. I figured she'd be, you know, wide awake. Like she just <laughs> had a bang energy or something. But oh. Yeah. It's not um, it's not the greatest. But I it's not like I've seen worse movies this year. 
Oh, no doubt. This isn't like a bad movie. Like, like I said, the action is really good in the movie. It's just the whole plot of Fast and the Furious being even more ruined, I think. And then the acting as well. I guess I didn't feel so bad about it because I didn't go into it for plot. You know, I went into it expecting over the top action and Mm -hmm. cheesy acting. That's exactly what I got. And that's what I should have expected that. And I didn't. Yeah. I I think I, I, I probably liked it more because like the rock wasn't playing Hobbs and Jason Statham was Shaw. They were just playing themselves and fucking shit talking each other the entire movie. So I like that to too. Watch that. Like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think, okay. One more thing. We talked about the rock, but Jason Statham, dude, the guy can't like, he's not a, a lead actor. Like, no, he, not at all. he can't hold a movie. Like he's been in so many bad movies that went straight to DVD that he was the lead actor in. And like the, the best part was just him and the rock shit talking each other. Yeah, that that was a great part to the movie, the beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. Frankie is just really easy to entertain. Yeah, mm, yeah, to an extent, it it depends on what I'm looking for, and this was the movie I was looking for. You know, yeah, because some movies more, I'll but... hate that <laughs> other people like liked. Like, yeah. what's it called? What was that horror movie that came out recently that I I hated Child's Play. You loved it. Because I was expecting cheesy, shitty movie. Yeah. Like I like cheesy movies. Whereas yeah. like the new Annabelle, I fucking hated it. Yeah. Well, what I think what got me was because I saw this opening night, but like obviously reviews came out like a couple days prior, and people were saying this is probably the best Fast and the Furious movie ever. Not at like, all. I was like, really? How like, can you so even what? call it a Fast and the Furious? Movie? Exactly. And I like watched it, and I guess being like a fanboy of the original series, which it's few and far between now. And, it just didn't live up. Only reason you can call it a Fast and the Furious movie is because they fucking use Nas. They use Nas. Only reason you can call it a Fast <laughs> and the Furious movie. Yeah. Well, what, so, what would you rank it, Frankie? I feel like we're just saying the same thing. It's probably going to get like a 7.4 from me. That's pretty okay. high. That's, it is pretty that's high. respectable. Okay. Well, I, I, I guess I just give it a 6.9 because this movie blew. But Yeah, under a 7. <laughs> I think you're disrespectful, and I liked it just a little bit more. Right. Well, I hope Fast Nine is better. I, I hope it is too. We got ten months to see. Well, uh, um, next I think week. next week's movies are going to be a lot better to review. We got I'm good so boys excited and scary stories. Are you going to be seeing scary stories, Chase? I will probably not, but I will definitely be open to hearing your guys' review on it. I'll 100 percent be seeing Good Boys. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing Good Boys this Friday. Yes, I'm seeing too. it tomorrow. Oh, nice. And then uh, Scary Stories, I'm going to try and see with my sister because she really wants to see it. And it just looks creepy, so I'm, I'm down. It looks good. It, that looks scary. You it know? does, it yeah. Really and the really books scary. terrified me as a kid. It looks like one of the movies that was, get fucking under your skin, and those mm-hmm. are my favorite horror movies. Yeah. I want to see witch. it. I, yeah. My uh, <laughs> sister's fiance just showed me a trailer for a new movie coming about. I should talk about it next week. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Moving on to what uh, next week's um, throwback movie is going to be, Chase and I were kind of talking. We think it should either be 40-Year-Old Virgin or Superbad because this movie is produced by Seth Rogen. And so we can either do Superbad because it's kind of like the same theme or we could do 40-Year-Old Virgin because that's the very first movie he produced. I totally think Superbad. All right, cool. I'm down for Superbad. And Superbad sounds amazing. People are listening before it comes out next week. Superbad is on Hulu if you want to watch it there. Yeah, watch it with us. That way you can be part of the conversation. 
Superbad's a fucking classic. I think classic. it came out like 10 years ago. 2007, man. Oh, yeah, I came out like 15. Oh, oh my <laughs> god. Like 13? Yeah. I remember being in like 8th grade, like having to like illegally stream it just to watch I was it. like in 6th grade, bro. It's <laughs> crazy I was in 6th grade, dude. I saw that in the theaters. Some <laughs> theaters? Yeah. I did man, not. I want your parents. <laughs> I snuck in. Oh. <laughs> Super bad is one of the fucking best comedies of the 2000s. Far and away. I can't wait to review it. Let's do it then. It's like Super Bad, The Hangover, and Team America. Those are my yeah. top comedies in the 2000s. Uh, I, I wouldn't say Team America. <laughs> That's my like, favorite comedy of all time. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Team America is my favorite comedy. Those things scared me as a kid. And then I also watched that one time with Q and we were on acid and it was terrible. That's terrible. You guys want to get into the good stuff for this week? Yeah. Speaking of acid, let's move on to our TV show review of euphoria. (laughs) Good segue. It's Uh, Frankie. Did you finish it? Oh yeah, bro. I've been waiting. You finish it. Yes, dude. Homie. Give your review first. Hey, hold on oh. one sec. Before you guys do that, I want you, as a fun segment, to convince me to finish the series while you review it. Bro, Chase, right. you're somebody that respects storytelling and you respect plots. And so that's the reason alone why you need to watch it. You're somebody that can look past the surface level of like the stuff that's thrown in your face in terms of like the, you know, the shock value the, the profanity the shock value of it you can look past that and really appreciate the story that's why i really want you to watch the haunting of hill house because though it's got a horror surface level i feel like you would really appreciate the character arcs in it and the story that's behind it and so that's literally the my biggest reason why i think you should finish euphoria just because i feel so, like you would appreciate the story i love euphoria i'm not going to rave about the plot because it doesn't have the best plot per se or the best writing but the actors are amazing uh, my my little selling ice to ask for you, Chase, is are you a bitch? Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I would say I am. It's <laughs> not the answer I was expecting. See, no, I wanted you to sell me, but also sell viewers because if people are listening, they got to know what makes the show special. So I didn't mean, I mean, that was, uh, I, like the I, w- you had to say. I would advise viewers with caution to watch the show. It can, if you have some past experiences uh this show could be pretty triggering uh there are it's really intense it's really really intense but the shock factor kind of ends after around episode i will say though the fourth episode is probably the most anxiety i've ever had show just the most anxiety i've ever had watching a tv show it's it's intense this show really starts off off the bat with a fucking but in a way you could say that's a good thing because the show is keeping you that much more involved yeah you want to see what happens to an extent when i have to take medication to finish the like <laughs> i mean i think yeah, I mean, I mean, each their own i didn't have that effect uh, i, I, I have some ben and jerry's ice cream <laughs> up on my couch watching it but I, I have diagnosed anxiety so i take medication and it's it's not even the plot the plot's good the way the episode is filmed it, it it's designed to, to like disorient you, give you anxiety. And I feel like that is another reason why, for viewers out there, it's a good show because Frankie is somebody that 
personally experiences the things that are addressed in this show. And in a way he feels, he feels triggered by it, which only shows that it's <laughs> realistic and it's doing a good job selling it to you. If that makes I don't sense. know if that's the way I go about it, but yes, you have a point there in that. I think this is one of the best, absolute best depictions of addiction I have seen in any medium. I have seen countless films and TV shows and movies about addiction, and this is at least top three. You're going to really, really enjoy The Haunting of Hill House. That because there's a great. character in there that is uh, addicted, and there's a lot of scenes that I forgot about, but I just rewatched it with a, my roommate, and that's why I instantly in my head was like, Chase and Frank, you need to watch this show, because there was moments in the series where both of you, I kept thinking of you guys because of the way you would perceive it. And like, I wanted to hear what you thought of them. You know what I mean? Like I wanted, I would that watch scenes and think in my head, like, I wonder what Frankie would think of this. I <laughs> might really enjoy it, but if it's a bad depiction, if it's not realistic, I might really, I might really judge it if it's not realistic. See, again, I'm not somebody that um, is going through that. So I can't tell you whether it's realistic exactly. or not, but I thought it was good. I thought yeah. it was realistic, but again, I don't know what I'm talking about. A lot of shows will present addiction in a certain light, and it's coming from someone who hasn't dealt with the disease. You can, like, I knew before watching the show that the showrunner for Euphoria is writing from his own personal experiences of suffering from the disease of addiction. And through every which way this show is presented, it is presented through that lens. It is beautiful in how it is presented. I love this show. I'm rewatching it right now. I love the cast. The, the cast, cast is amazing. And the acting is amazing. And I was pretty critical of Euphoria for the first couple of episodes, but it just gets so good. The, my favorite episode, honestly, and I might've talked to you guys about this. I think it's episode three and it's when Rue is probably in the deepest point of her addiction. Yeah. With the, with the dealer. Yep. Uh, Rue is in the deepest point of her addiction and she is having problems with Jules and she like kisses her and she's like freaking out and she needs drugs to escape. Cause like what the show kind of gets into and it's something real addicts struggle with all the time. It's called codependency. It's something I struggle with. It's using other people for your addictive compulsive behavior. So essentially Jules, uh, Rue's transgender friend who is like her on and off again, girlfriend becomes her object of obsession so when she stops using and she's clean it's solely because of jewels and it is like the one of the best depictions of codependency i've ever seen in television or film and it just shows how it goes hand in hand because most codependents are codependent i don't know if i cut out right there but most codependents are addicts and most addicts are codependent and it does such a good job of showing like like the entire time i'm just like fuck like the the sponsor her sponsor was 100 right in saying like jules is bad for you like she is your addiction like you may not see it that way but she's your addiction i was like yeah yeah she's your fucking addiction and in that episode i'm cheering for the drug dealer because rue goes over to his house she's banging on the door screaming crying cursing at him at the top of her lungs saying the worst possible things you can imagine like any addict does when they're 
begging because addicts will do anything to get their fix. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing I've learned being in outpatient programs and going to 12-step meetings and being an addict myself. They're going to do anything. Zendaya does such a fucking marvelous job of depicting that on the screen. And I love that Fez is just like, nah. He's I'm my not favorite gonna... character. Favorite character, man. Criminally <laughs> underused, my favorite character far and away. The drug dealer. Because he's, he's a good her best friend other than Lexi, man. Those two characters are such good influences. Dude, Lexi is such a good friend. They're, they're both so good. They but like both the way that Rue shits on her and Lexi uh -huh. just is kind of still always a friend to Rue is crazy to me. Because yeah. I think that Lexi is very like pretty and I don't see how she doesn't have a lot of friends. You know what I mean? It's Maude Apatow, if you didn't know. Is this the straight edge girl who pees yes. up her? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you went to that high school, now I haven't seen the entire show, but if you went to that high school and you were sober, yeah, you probably don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> true. That's true, yeah. But Lexi's such a good – Lexi and Fez are both such amazing friends for Rue, and they're like the real like, – they're the real cornerstones of her. They're, they're two of the main reasons she's able to get clean and stay clean because Fez doesn't they, – and they're both just like, we're not going to watch you slowly kill yourself. That's mm -hmm. how you have to like be with addicts, you know. You, you gotta like, it's not really like abandoning them, but you gotta be firm, you know. Like you're, it, it sucks seeing someone just slowly kill themselves. Uh, and it's so amazing the the transformation Rue begins to have. And I should have seen the the twist coming at the end of the season, coming from being an addict. I should have seen that coming miles away. I should have known that was gonna happen. And I was still so shocked when it did. The show is great. It's such a beautiful depiction. It has some of the greatest visuals I've seen. It makes you feel fucking high and like you're on drugs. And it's such beautiful shots. It has such beautiful shots in cinematography. It has great music. I don't know if you guys noticed, every episode's named after a rap song. Except for the pilot, of course. I did notice that. Every episode's named after a rap song. Uh, and it's really good. And then the season finale, I'll get a little bit. But the, the show ends with the final 15 minutes. Uh, Rue is making a very impulsive decision to do, uh, deciding to leave and run away with Jules. And Jules being the enabler that she... Because Jules, I love her, and I love Zendaya and uh, Hunter Shane's chemistry. Jules is a terrible person for Rue. If Rue stays with Jules, she's going to stay using. Because Jules is her drug. She has to redefine that relationship in order to make Jules not her drug. And she's about to abandon her sister, her mother, and everything to go run away. And Rue makes a good decision. And she's like, no, I'm not going to go. And Jules leaves her. But that's the first time Rue is truly independent from Jules. And the drug she was using for the past three months, Jules, is gone. So her first instinct is to start using actual drugs again and she uses cocaine and there's like a 15 minute outro sequence where it's like a music video and it's super surreal and it shows that rue was wearing her father's clothing the entire season and it's kind of going through the past and the future and god knows where and what the show kind of gets at is that rue overdoses in the very final scene and there's a lot of theories online died I would have believed it if it weren't for the showrunner saying that Rue overdosed and survived. Like he already like 
went out publicly and said that Rue is alive for season two because they have so much left to explore with her. And I think the last scene, while it's heartbreaking, is what made me appreciate the show so much. Because I was like, damn, now that, that is an onic depiction of addiction. And I fucking loved it. And I've been rewatching it since it. Like the first episodes, you got to get through like the first four, three. And I feel like that's a given for a lot of shows. They have to build it. They have to introduce you. They can't get into it right off the bat because you don't care about the characters. You know what I mean? They have to make you care about the characters before they get into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And by the fourth episode, like I said, it's super anxiety-filled, amazing cinematography and directing. I love the way they shoot entire episode to just raise your blood pressure and raise the tension because they keep raising the stakes uh they do it's not just one character that's going through shit in that episode it's all of them at different angles are going through like there's like five main characters that episode that are going through it at that carnival Uh uh-huh it's a it's a real it's a hard episode to get through like I, i had to fucking take medication to get through that episode uh hopefully you don't have to have to medicate to get through the episode it's I just really... say crack open a beer and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah. If you're sober, don't. But <laughs> it's good. It's really, really good. And it is, it's beautiful. The show is fucking beautiful in its depiction of addiction and its ups and downs. Uh, and I love Rue. She is such a good, diverse character. Layered, so... layered. She's so multifaceted, so layered. She can go from crazy to funny to completely understandable. To completely understandable. She can have dream sequences playing a fucking detective and you don't get removed from the realism of the show. Zendaya is perfect for that role and she does it with such respect. You know, it's not just like your typical depiction of depression and bipolar uh, disorder. It is an amazing completely realistic depiction of mania and depression you know it is such a good depiction and you don't realize she's bipolar until she's sober because most addicts don't realize they have bipolar or other uh mental illnesses until they're sober and it just it's so it's good as a viewer from the lens of an addict it's beautiful and I think it's beautiful as a viewer too, but I I really emotionally can I emotionally connected with it so much I cannot talk enough about it. Dan, Frankie, as a viewer, you definitely stole the words out of my mouth. So <laughs> as a I viewer who who doesn't struggle with the same things I well you struggle with like depression and other things, but like how how did how much did you like it? I mean, th- those in, like I feel like that's the thing is I feel like there's definitely areas where anyone can really kind of relate and those were the areas that i really appreciated was just like how it wasn't this like stereotyped depiction of depression you know i feel i feel like when people think of depression they think of just like this person that is like sad and that is like choosing to be like goth you know and that's like choosing to be depressed all day and i i feel like they did such a good job showing that it is literally like this uncontrollable weight on your shoulders that comes out of nowhere when you get an anxiety attack, you know what I mean? Or when you feel depressed, it's just like this uncontrollable thing. And I really appreciated how they like showed that it wasn't just like this thing that people are just like depressed because they're depressed. You know what I mean? Like it was just like this thing where it's like, 
depressed people aren't depressed 24 seven. They have happy, they have happy moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have moments where they don't feel depressed at all. And then they have moments where everything where is going it. well around them and they feel depressed. You know what I mean? Like that happens where everything in your life is going well. You have no reason to be upset yet. You are though, yep. like those moments in the show. I really appreciated because I was just like, this is storytelling. Like this is like, they are trying to tell a story without just like throwing things out there just because, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of the people that were involved, you could tell were survivors and were people that have been dealing with this throughout their life. Cause you could just tell the level of care that was put into I was going to say that such incredible, all care. of it, so much care was put into it. You can tell that the people that were involved in this are people that respect and understand this population of people. You know what I mean? Uh huh. And I just feel like, even if you're not somebody that, you know, has moments where you feel depressed or where you're struggling with addiction or any kind of major moment like that in the show, I feel like they do such a good job with it that you can still appreciate it and you can still go out of this show at the end with a different outlook. I feel like anyone can walk out of this show with a different perspective and a different opinion on like drug addicts and et cetera. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, 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 you, you, you're hitting the points. It's such good character development. Like the plot's good, and like I fucking hate Nate Jacobs and want him to die, but like the character development is unmatched. I cared for these characters, man. Mm-hmm. I cared for Rue. I cared for Lexi. I cared for Fez. I cared for Cassie. I, I cared, cared for, for Catmom. Yeah, I cared for all of them. Kitty Queen. Kitty Queen, Queen, that's what her name is. Yeah, Kitty Queen. I love that she kind of apologized in the final episode and like went back to like embracing her sexuality for herself and not because of other people. Right. It was like so depressing to watch her doing all this stuff just because of other people. Like she was like fucking all these guys and acting like a bitch. Because they were telling her like you give the best head. Yes. And she was just – and it showed like how society morphed her into something that she wasn't. And then she's like, fuck you to everything. And she just is herself. I really liked that. I yeah. really liked that. I loved Cassie. You know, she's like so sweet, but she has like the, the pinnacle of daddy issues. Her, her father is a, a addict for opioids and is out of her life. And she like has all of the wrong choices in men and she keeps getting misused. Uh, Although I like the black of. guy. What's his name? McKay. McKay, I, I do, like him. I, I do like McKay. McKay's not a bad guy. Speaking of McKay, there's for myself personally, uh, and there's there's a lot of trigger warn like trigger moments in this show. Uh I would definitely be careful with watching episode six uh with a trigger warning due to sexual assault. McKay gets do you know the original actor from McKay actually the show after the pilot from reading the, the plot? Really? People theorize it's because of that scene in episode six. You know what, what I'm talking pussy. about? What a pussy, bro. I can't blame him. I, I'm just I saying he'll him. never get cast in a Ryan Murphy show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, oh my God, man. If that, if I ever heard about st- stuff happening like that in our fraternity, I would have gone to fucking jail because I would have fucking. Yeah. But the thing is, dude, is that kind of stuff does happen. You know, I know so it's like, it's hard to think of, but it's like, it does. No one that you know they didn't just come up with that idea. It came from some real scenario. Well, I know some guys at San Diego State and crazy ass fraternities, and they still don't do stuff that bad, man. Like, and I love that the show leaves it ambiguous. 
you don't know if he was raped, but you do know no matter what, he was sexually assaulted. Yeah. No matter what way you swing it, he was sexually assaulted. You don't know if he was penetrated or what happened, but... Which I think is a... I think that added so much more to it because they don't, like, have to tell you. You just know it was bad. And what's so fucking heartbreaking is the cold open K was taught to bottle everything up. And mm-hmm. what does he do after? He just bottles it up. Yep, which it, is what a lot of people that go through that do. I, I nearly wanted to fucking cry, man. It was... It was Personally, hard like, if I was an actor, when I hear about what you just said about the guy that, you know, quit after reading the pilot, personally, as an actor, that would excite me. Because I feel like, as an actor, like, you gotta be someone that respects the craft of what you're doing. And so, like, I wouldn't want to be, like, some Jason Statham actor who just does shit for the pocket of, a you know, getting Buck in his pocket and just... Yeah. I would want to be someone that's telling a story that's real, that's going to save lives potentially, that's going to get it's people relatable. It's okay if I was an actor up. and I was approached with a role like this, that would be a dream role for me, honestly. Yeah. Like, because to me, I'd be like, wow, I get a chance to tell this story. And it's not just like me shooting guns on the back of a truck, you know, like the like that kind of acting. Like to like to me, that would be what I would want as an actor, like to get a role where it's like, I'm going to be a layered character who's going to have all this shit happen to them and still tell a story and make him not look one dimensional. Like that would be so exciting. And I think it's really triggering, but I, I wonder how that scene could affect people in a positive way who have been victims of sexual assault, who are maybe saying like, that's me. That's yeah, how yeah, I'm I mean, being. That's well, like, yeah. Like they, they're too afraid to open up about it. And they're like, fuck like this character went through the same thing it'd be very difficult to watch i don't doubt that because it was hard for me to watch but just thinking about like you can actually open up about this and mckay's character doesn't open i hope he does next season i hope one thing that i think euphoria does well which i think you know when shows do stuff like this it brings controversy but they're just opening the conversations for a lot of things that don't typically get discussed and that's one thing that i think domestic violence so important about euphoria is it's like opening the conversation you know whether you agree or disagree or you relate or you don't relate it's opening the conversation you know what i mean like we are sitting here right now talking about stuff that we wouldn't be talking about if we had just been talking about hobbs and shaw you know what i mean yeah no, I, I, I think it's really good. Dick, addiction, uh, domestic violence, a lot of different things and just drug culture. Parenting, the yeah. way parenting really affects children. Yeah. And your choices as a parent, you know, like you don't think your kids are paying attention to you. And then you find out 10 plus years later, they're exactly like the person you are. You yep. basically created a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene Nate. in the final episode where his dad's like wrestling him and then like lets go because Nate starts fucking ramming his head into the fucking ground and he like is just sitting there. He's like, I've created something I can't control. Yeah, literally. Like I created this and I cannot tame it. Like the monster's out. Uh and like it almost makes you feel bad for Nate. Like I was talking mm-hmm. to kill him before the episode. I'm like, well, fuck, man. He's like yelling like homophobic slurs at his dad and all this shit. Like it these characters again going back to the characters they're so layered like nate's just not this one-dimensional bully with problems you know he's like got so much going on yep i do say the actor could be a bit better though because i think his dad was a much better actor i i do think if all of the out of all the actors he was probably the weakest link yes 100 percent. i do think 
uh, it's, his name's like Jacob something. I yeah. I do think he was the weakest actor, but I still think he wasn't terrible. No, you know? he wasn't terrible by any means. He was just up against a lot of really good actors. <laughs> yeah, Zendaya, Nate's father, uh, were Hunter too Schaefer oh, yes. was really good, and the girl yes. who plays Maddie, I think, is amazing. Yeah, she she it all such good actors, and it's it's really intense show. I would not judge anyone watching the show because it is very tr- it can be very triggering but if you can make it through it i i think it's a good show to watch i think it's got a good message so full series done it. give your review uh probably a 9.2 it's over a nine i loved this show man yeah see i was gonna say either a 9.2 or a 9.3 i loved it 9.2 is on the lower end too I'd probably be like, yeah, 9.2 or 9.3. Do you want to call yeah. it 9.3 and say it's fair? 9.3, yeah. It's such a good show. I can't it's wait for season two. It's such a good show. So my, my, already confirmed it. My little review for you, Chase, is it's hard. I think it's worth it. It tones down the shock factor towards the, the later end of the season and focuses more on characters rather than shock to reel you in. And if you're ever feeling triggered at the end of the episode, there is actually a resource to call. Uh to help with that which is very smart from that i think they learned from 13 reasons why they just can't show triggering shit and just let it float out there uh they they have resources every single episode which for- speaking of 13 reasons why season three is coming out soon so i've been re-watching the series and they added in this thing now when the episodes start all of the actors come on screen and they talk about that and they give you the number and all of that stuff and it's really interesting how that show came out like six years ago and that wasn't a thought about thing long, it wasn't thought about or it came out when we were sophomores in sophomore. high school. so it was like four college. years ago three yeah. years ago four, uh, four three or four years ago but it's they it's, actually it's how that wasn't something they thought was necessary then and now it's the conversation's been so opened up that now it's like shows like euphoria don't even need the scandal to happen it was it just was automatically there you know yep. what i mean it was all automatically put at the end of the show because now that conversation has been an ongoing thing for so long. And the uh, the other thing, I think they actually added season two. I know season two at least. Uh, but one thing they did do is they removed the, uh, the graphic depiction of Hannah's suicide yeah. at the end of su- uh, season one, which I think mm-hmm. was really responsible for them. Because I do think it was responsible. I will say, as someone who... Um, I don't know. I just would personally say that that scene definitely added so much for me it's very triggering it's very triggering very Um, triggering scene i think it's extremely irresponsible i'm glad they removed it even if i would say i'm it's a good thing they removed it um but i would say that the scene was also i could see why also it was necessary at the time because i feel like it it made people really like go whoa what the fuck you know Uh uh-huh but i i think in hindsight it's good i think it's good they removed it but yeah i totally agree uh but I will say they they are still able to have the same delivery without having the graphic depiction mm-hmm. of good show. Kate I Walsh like does, a gr- does a great job as the actress in that scene too, as the mom. Yes. Oh my god. But Euphoria that would be a hard scene as an actress to have to film. Yeah, it would. Euphoria, fucking amazing. I cannot wait for season two. Good fucking job, HBO. Man. Good fucking. They continue they, like as like the first main big them. show after Game of Thrones. I th- I'd say, yeah, people need to keep their HBO Go subscriptions and HBO Now subscriptions. And Euphoria did a good fucking job at doing it. 
I don't know if you caught on too. Euphoria was kind of small on social media for the first couple of episodes. By the end, it was blowing up. It's, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's so great. It it started slow and kind of weak, finished amazing. That's kind of how Big Little Lies was too. Uh, the first season of Big Little Lies wasn't as popular, but then this last season was like just all over Twitter. Yeah. Well, guys, are we doing a top three this week? Let's do a top three of shows we would like to uh, recommend to each other to watch. Okay. We can decide who goes first. How are we going to do that? I say Chase goes first. All right, Chase goes first. All right, let's do it then. I got three shows that I think you guys should watch. Two that I have watched. One that I am going to start watching right now because it just came back on this past Sunday. So wait, clarification. Do we need to watch all three of these? No, 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 it's just like, I I think we, one of you guys should watch it. Maybe I'm not saying you have to. It's like what we talked about earlier as well is that these are shows that have had like two seasons or less, right? Like they catch up on, I'm not going to tell you, Hey, the wire is a great show. You should go and watch that because you don't have, you know, 50 hours to watch it. (laughs) Um, but first I think I'm going to start watching this. So maybe you guys should too, especially because we could actually do reviews and recaps of it is succession. So previously I had mentioned the show. I've actually seen the first like episode and a half. So like a few weeks ago. So I need to keep watching that. But uh, I think you guys would like that. It's a good HBO show. Like you just said with Euphoria, it's kind of a uh, Euphoria is what made you keep the subscription. And I think Succession is leading up after Euphoria. Hey, keep going with this. So uh, maybe you guys should take a look at that. Okay, I'm 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 personally really excited about this. after talking about it on the Emmys podcast. I'm super excited about that show. Uh, give it a look. I believe the first season has ten episodes, so um, it shouldn't be too bad. And there's only one episode out so far in season two. Um, another show. I think I think Frankie, you've watched this. Already. Dan, I don't know, but uh, Ed- Atlanta is a show I'd recommend. I love that show. Okay. Um, I love Atlanta. I think it's so well written. Um, and it will lead me into my third show, but I think Donald Glover is awesome. I think, uh, David Tyree Henry, I think his name is. And, uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, I believe is his name is all three of them actors in the show. They're so good. And it, it hits everything too, that you'd like. It has drama, it has comedy, and then it just has like these parts that make you think. And, I don't know. It's a really good show. So, Frankie, I don't know if you've seen that, but that is I have not. I've heard amazing watch. things about it. It's so good, and uh, the first season's really good in how it's shot, and then the second season, it's even better. So, I'm mm-hmm. super stoked for the third season to come out. Um, and that leads me into my third and final show, which I keep telling you guys to watch, and you guys keep not listening to me, and that's Barry. Um, <laughs> that's a good one see when i came up with the idea that we start a new show and each of us have a a rep i was picturing you to say barry and i'm gonna <laughs> say barry and dan i don't know if you know this but barry is directed by the same guy as uh atlanta so if you like really? atlanta you're gonna like barry um and like i've yeah i feel like i've said this i feel like i'm beating a broken drum or however that saying goes but uh <laughs> Uh, Bill Hader is freaking awesome, and Noho Hank is like the best character in television. So just give it a watch. That's all I ask. Hell all right. So do you want to pick one of those three to be like your your movie you're gonna have a or your show you're gonna have a watch? Well, what, 
How about you guys vote on it? You two say, hey, that one sounds better than All right, Frankie, do you want to vote on Chase's rep right now? Barry is probably my vote. Okay, I was going to say Barry too. <laughs> well, if you guys watch- I, I'm really intrigued by Barry. Yeah. Give it a watch. And yeah, Stan, if you liked Atlanta, you'll like Barry. And Frankie, you watch Barry and then you watch Atlanta. Because they're both very similar but because of the the dark comedy in them. I like that. All right, so I'll go next with mine. Um, this first one is the one that I definitely want to be the one that we watch when it's my turn. But The Haunting of Hill House, just because I feel like it was a really slept on series that Netflix came out with. And the people that watched it that I've spoken to all agree with me that it was so well done. The problem is, is I just don't think enough people saw it and there wasn't enough buzz about it that it just kind of got whatever the word is it got kind of forgotten about in a way but it's it's by far one of the best shows i've seen a on netflix but b that has any kind of like horror element to it and i'm a huge american horror story fan but this show is like the horror element is by far the secondary secondary character of this show this show to its core is about these siblings and what they went through as children in this house and how it has shaped their adult lives how it's affected their relationships with one another and i just feel like all of it in general is just so well written and so well done and like i just showed it to connor and by the end of the the season he was completely like you know just sitting there like bawling he was like this is the saddest thing but in a good way he was like this was so good like he was he was like i wasn't expecting it to be like this he thought it was going to be like a conjuring he was kind of just watching it for just kind of like shock value and he wasn't expecting to get into get into it the level he was and i was like yeah man like that's the thing about this show is it's just it's that well written um so that's definitely going to be my first and then the second show i would say is probably going to be called the show pose I don't know if you guys have heard about yeah, that show. Yeah, you talked about it on the Emmys podcast. Yep. It's such a good show. It's it's stealing all the awards. It stole a bunch of awards for season one. And for season two, it's probably going to steal a bunch more. But it's just such a good show. The show has like, I don't even know. It's like 170-something transgendered human beings that are like working on and off the camera. That's awesome. You know, which is already pretty pretty incredible that Ryan Murphy was able to do that. But then just the story alone, you know, he's a great writer and he's a storyteller and he writes stories that are different and not usually talked about and that's one thing that pose does is it really shines a light on a population that i feel like people have such stereotypes about and such perceived perceptions you know what i mean about and i feel like yeah. he does a really good job really just showing you the the, the the real story behind people you know and he does that in pose and it's got a lot of good actors it's got billy porter evan peters from american horror story kate mara is in it there's a lot of good people in it. Um, and then my third show that I would probably recommend for you guys is probably going to just be for Frankie because you're the only one that hasn't seen it. But it's going to be Big Little Lies just because I think that you need to watch it. It's such a good show. And I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice not watching it because it's going to have a season three and it's going to be big. How long did it take me to get you to watch Game of Thrones? Not <laughs> as long as... Not that long. <laughs> it took a little while. It, I, uh, mainly, it wasn't because of disinterest. It was because it's just very enjoyable watching you beg. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want me and Chase to vote on it? 
Well, no, not really, because I just want, <laughs> I want you guys to watch the Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> well, that's what I'm going to tell you. That's what I was going to vote, too, is Haunting of Perfect. I will watch it. It's 10 episodes. I think I can manage. I think and the guy who plays uh, Dario is... Oh, really? Dario 2, not Dario 1. Oh, I like uh, Dario 1. <sighs> Dario 1's underrated, underused. Yes, yes. So for uh, my top three, uh, the first show is going to be a show I don't think I, – I haven't seen it. I, I'm recommending because I want to watch it. Uh, and I don't think Dan has seen it either. Or maybe Chase I haven't. Okay. You, you already know what I'm talking about. The first show is going to be Chernobyl, which is the miniseries that just came out this year. I've had so many people in my life recommending this show for me. I just need <laughs> to watch it. You know, I, I really need to watch So – easily my recommendation i've heard such good things about it and i thought i didn't know what it was about but no it's it's about the chernobyl disaster like i i thought it was something like crazy no it's literally about the chernobyl disaster which is <laughs> Frank, fucked i'm up. sorry I, i'm sorry i keep laughing but you're a history dude and you keep calling it chernobyl it's chernobyl i know i, I was gonna say <laughs> something but i didn't want to be that guy chernobyl. i had to be that guy <laughs> chernobyl keep going chernobyl. i'm totally interested in the show though sorry keep going <laughs> i i've heard so much good things about it i'm gonna keep calling it chernobyl it's chernobyl i know uh because you know what the first thing you what it sounds like when you said that i just thought of uh call of duty modern warfare the original modern warfare and they mm. have the the chernobyl 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 brain in a pretzel man i know right <laughs> that's the first show uh the second show is a show i haven't watched for a very long time but it's an hbo show uh, and I watched it as a kid because I used to be fucking obsessed with things like this. Band of Brothers. It's directed by Tom Hanks like that show. and Steven Spielberg. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's fucking amazing. It's just a mini series. Uh, it was only on for air for like September to like November of 2001. Uh, but it's such a good fucking show. If you want like an intense, like six hour long like saving private ryan is like if you want a tense show like that band of brothers does really fucking good at doing that uh and i haven't watched it in a while have you guys seen it i have and i would like to add to that the pacific is very good as well that was going to be my second thing is like after band of brothers is kind of the pacific uh because they, they it seems like they just go so hand in hand Mm -hmm. uh, and I actually haven't seen the Pacific, but I've heard such good things about it. people who I've like know I've watched Band of Brothers have told me, bro, you need to watch the Pacific, you know. Uh, so maybe that might be the the one because I haven't seen that either. And then Dan, have you seen? I know Chase has. Have you seen Breaking Bad? Not all. No, not all the way through. Bro, that's such a time investment. Dan doesn't have. <laughs> It's know, only like, we're all naming much. limited series. Like we're all. It's only five seasons. It's if anyone's never seen it, it's one of the best shows of the past two decades, far and away. It's like Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, The Sopranos. All right, Chase, <laughs> do you want to vote? <laughs> what was the first one, Frankie? I'm sorry. Chernobyl. Oh, oh, oh Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl. <laughs> I I'm down to watch that because I think it's only like five. Yeah, I'm gonna vote for that one too. And I've seen the other two shows, so. Hell yeah. All right, perfect. So which show are we tackling first? Chernobyl, Haunting of Hill House, or Barry? You want to flip a three-sided dice? Yeah, let me just pull it out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, I mean, like, yeah, is the, can you get one on your on the 
Yeah, let me give me a second. <laughs> you could do like a, an odds calculator or something. Yeah. Uh, Three-sided die. I looked it up, but ooh, it didn't. There, I, you want me to do a list randomizer? Sure. Yeah. All right. So, do Barry hunting. And How many seasons is Barry? Two. But they're very short. They're, so if we both. get to, if if Barry's the one first, we should, we need to do it to where it's like, for each podcast we discuss like season one and then season two. Oh, I got a dice roller. What do we want to do for one, two, and three? One Barry, two Hill House, three uh, Chernobyl. Yeah, and then four will be one, and five will be two, and six will be three as well. Oh, it's just a three-sided die. Oh, you got you actually have a three-sided die. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be rolling the dice three times. Let's get it going. Uh, the average is, so it's three, one, and three. So what was three, Chernobyl? Yeah. So we're going with Chernobyl first. Then uh, what was one? Was I can't believe. <laughs> one is Barry, two is haunting. <laughs> Do you guys want to go in that order? I guess. <laughs> we're going to watch all three. Are we watching all of Barry? Or are we just watching the most recent? Bro, it's we so quick. There's only like 13 I episodes. I cannot watch thir- the season one. All right. Honestly, I think 13 episodes of Barry is the same amount of time as five episodes of Chernobyl. <laughs> Probably. So we're going Chernobyl, Barry, Hill House. Uh, I think we can have reviews week after week after. Yeah, so I'd say by next week, Chernobyl review. Yep. I think it's super Done. quick. Week after that will be... Uh, Barry season one. Week after and that, And then Hill House two. might be the longest... I think we can do Barry all in one go. Okay. I then Barry I think Hill House can be just two different podcasts because you can do five yeah. episodes for one, five for the other. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, so, guys, you heard it here first. Chernobyl, Barry, Hill House Part 1, Hill House Part 2. Next week, good boys, scary stories, super bad. You guys got any closing words? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, that's a packed <sighs> week. I'm, I'm actually very excited. Yeah, I'm I got, I got, I got homework to do. I know, right? So, guys, thanks for tuning into the Popcorn Podcast, your one-stop shop for news, views, and movie reviews. It's your boy, Danklin, signing out with Chase and Dan. Y'all have a good night. Good night, everybody. Later, boys.